Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. You're listening to the Hammer and Nigel Show. My name is Nigel Hammer over there with a special guest on the hotline. Tommy Pickett is the Rapid Response Director for the RNC. You can see some of his work at the popular Twitter handle, at RNC Research. So, Tommy, this past week at the RNC headquarters, did the white smoke go up after uh, (laughs) Speaker of the House was finally named, like when a new pope is picked? Is that how it works? (laughs) Well, there was no white smoke, but uh, we all were really excited to, to see Speaker Johnson uh, named speaker, uh, he's a great choice. Really unifies House Republicans, and they're already getting a lot done. It's already it's only been a few days. So you say he's a great choice. For those who don't follow this kind of stuff as closely as maybe we all do, and they don't know every single member of Congress, why is he a great choice? Well, I think first of all is that he's a unifying force in the caucus. I mean, he was elected unanimously by House Republicans, uh, which is really telling, I think, of of his presence in the caucus and how he unifies Republicans. Uh, he's been one of the key people in holding the Biden administration accountable, and he's played a key role in a lot of the victories we've already had this uh, this Congress when it comes to uh, passing the, the strongest border security bill in history and making sure Biden's held accountable and reigning in inflation in the Parents' Bill of Rights. So I think this is about building on those successes, and it's clear based off just even the last few days already a resolution passed the House uh, that firmly states that we stand with Israel and that we condemn these horrific, barbaric attacks from Hamas, uh, that we already passed appropriations bills that, that are, have to deal with energy, uh, that really reaffirm our commitment to making our energy more secure, our national security stronger, and really increasing our economic competitiveness. So I think it's already showing signs of success, and it's only been a few days. Well, the other thing that stood out to me, Tommy, is the hand-wringing that's going on with the Democrats, and especially the leftists' media, nicknaming him uh, MAGA Mike, saying, you know, he's an extremist. If if the Washington Post is saying bad things about you, then you, I I think you're probably doing something right, are you not? I think so, too. No, I think that's a a great point. The idea that Democrats are really having a meltdown over this shows that this is the right choice for the American people. And I wish that didn't have to be the case. I wish that Democrats would actually come together with Republicans and work to solve these problems. But it's pretty clear that they're dedicated to doubling down on the disasters that they've made. I think one of the more telling things or two of the more telling things that happened during Speaker Johnson's first speech as speaker was one when he called for securing the border, when he said that we need to end this really unprecedented crisis that is, is really killing so many people. Uh, Republicans stood up and applauded in agreement when he said we should end that crisis. The Democrats remained seated. They refused to applaud when he called for securing the border. If that doesn't show you the war priorities of Democrats, I don't think what will. And I think the second thing that really stood out to me was Mike Johnson's governing philosophy. He laid out these seven principles, he called them, that really have made our country great. And they include things like individual freedom, limited government, the rule of law, peace through strength. I mean, the list goes on, human dignity. And I think those are principles that every American can get behind. And I would hope Democrats would get behind them, too. But the fact that they're freaking out about this shows that we have a really deep philosophical difference with a lot of Democrats. And I believe the American people are firmly on the Republican side on this one. The fact that he's not known as like a flamethrower, right? Because Jim Jordan, Matt Gates, these are guys that are 
not short on their opinions. They let everybody know how they feel. Uh, they're kind of like the Dallas Cowboys, right? You either love them or you hate them. There's usually no in-between. I don't know if that's the case with Mike Johnson or not, but I think that actually helps him out that he doesn't have that stigma of being some hothead that rubs people the wrong way. You know what I'm saying? And I think stigma is the right word. I think a lot of times the left tries to paint a lot of Republicans like this. So, you know, I'm sure yes. they're, they're going to try desperately to, to really, really paint any Republican as, as out of step. I think you are right, though. I mean, even from his, his speech, I think it was a really compelling. And I think it, it was testimony to the fact of that old saying of, of speak softly, but carry a big stick. You know, speak softly, but stand up for, for your convictions. Speak softly, but make sure that you're standing strong and firm and fighting for what you believe in. I think a lot of the House members, that are out there every day are, are much needed. They're much needed to get there and spread that message to make sure that the Biden administration is held accountable on every single medium that's possible. And the House Republicans do a great job of that. But I think you're right to point out that uh, Mike Johnson is, is someone that really has these deep convictions and he stands for them. Uh, and he, he's not someone that, uh, you know, that goes out there and doesn't have the convictions to back up what he's saying. He holds his convictions first and then he acts from those convictions. Chatting with Tommy Piggott, he's the Rapid Response Director for the RNC. He joins us here on the Hammer and Nigel Show. Tommy, turning our attentions to the war in Israel, John Kirby, the Biden Spock, basically goes out and says that nobody's turning a blind eye to Iran and their complicity with what's going on. Nobody's turning a blind eye mm. to that. Seems like there's a certain president and administration that's been turning a blind eye to that for quite a while. Uh, yeah, the Biden administration. I mean, it's, it's, <laughs> it's, I, I, don't, I don't want to be saying that, but they're not only turning a blind eye, they're turning a blind eye while, while also handing out a fistful of cash. I mean, that's kind of what they're doing at the same time here. Uh, it's really uh, a terrible policy. I was, there, there were some strikes over the weekend against certain targets in Syria that seemed like an appropriate response based off of what people were saying at the very minimum, based off of the attacks against U.S. air bases. Yep. Obviously, those attacks continue, and so we need a forceful response against what is happening uh, and the targeting of U.S. troops. But it's, it's really the creation of this policy from Joe Biden of appeasement. He went out there and appeased the Iranian regime from day one, this warped philosophy from the Democrats that believe if you just give terrorists enough cash, they're going to like you. No, they're going to use that cash and buy weapons to try to kill you. I mean, that's what terrorists do. And the Iranian regime is a terror-funding regime. They are a pariah regime for a reason, because their stated goal is death to America and death to Israel. So we should never have been giving them billions of dollars of cash. And it's not just the $6 billion that was out there so loudly in terms of unfreezing that $6 billion for the Iranian regime. It's also the fact that he's failed to enforce oil sanctions, which has allowed them to enrich themselves yeah. by tens of billions of dollars. So much of this failed policy is rooted in the fact that Joe Biden has failed to stop the flow of cash to Iran, which is what we need to do immediately. Do you think Iran got nervous? I mean, we all know Iran is funding Hamas and several of these other little militias that are attacking military bases. But do you think Iran was really getting nervous about the relationship with Saudi Arabia and Israel finally coming together? If I was to speculate, I mean, I don't, I kind of, I hesitate to speculate a bit because I think they're mostly motivated by their desire to, uh, to of kill course, Americans. Of course. So, um, yes, but I think the the Abraham Accords under yes. the previous administration yeah. were really these historic moves forward. And I do think Iran was seeing themselves increasingly isolated. Right. Uh, and I do think they were worried about building on those agreements and making them ever more isolated, as they should have been worried about it. That was one of the great successes of the Trump administration. 
The problem is that that only worked because of the maximum pressure campaign as well. There's a maximum pressure placed by on Iran at the same time that you were really encouraging and fostering these historic peace agreements between Israel and the Arab nations in the Middle East and elsewhere. Uh, Biden reversed that policy. He, he mm-hmm. didn't rip up the Abraham Accords to his credit, if that can even be to someone's credit, but he completely reversed the maximum pressure campaign, which let Iran then act in this way of funding terror proxies. There has been report after report that showed a lot of these terror proxies, Hezbollah, Hamas, uh, were, were complaining that they were broke, that the money had dried up from Tehran before Biden took office. And as soon as he took office, the money started mm-hmm. flowing again. And that, that's why uh, we've seen this sort of chaos erupt in the Middle East. Ultimately, again, it goes to show that Biden thinks that you can give money to the terrorists and they're going to like us. No, you should stop the flow of money to the terrorists and their attacks. And then once you stop those attacks, you can foster an environment of peace and, and normalization agreements. And it's just showing why we need Biden to not have another four-year term. Tommy, last thing here before we let you go. What's more believable? If I go out and say I am the starting point guard for the Los Angeles Lakers or <laughs> Jamal Bowman going out saying I didn't know that I was pulling the fire alarm, which one's more believable? That's a toss-up. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I, I'm going to go with the Lakers one on it. It's uh, it, it, it really is incredible for those that are listening that haven't seen the video. It's uh, on RNC Research that you go watch the surveillance tape of Jamal Bowman uh, uh, pulling that fire alarm. If, if you remember, his excuse was he was trying to unlock the door. So that's what his excuse was. But the order of events was he goes to the fire door, removes the warning signs saying, don't pull the fire alarm. Yeah. Then he pulls the fire alarm and then he walks away. If he thought it would unlock the door, wouldn't he try to open the door after pulling the fire alarm? I mean, it doesn't make any sense to me. I mean, that's what you would do. I mean, a normal person, a normal person wouldn't confuse a fire alarm for a door handle anyway. But if you honestly thought that the fire alarm would open the door, you would at least try to open the door afterwards. I think it really it calls, at the very least, the massive question what he's saying. But then Hakeem Jeffries goes out there and is asked, you know, is what Jamal Bowman admitted to in court is is that worthy of censoring him? And Hakeem Jeffrey says, no, not my view. I mean, that just shows Democrats have no interest in accountability, no interest in any sort of responsibility for their actions. Uh, I mean, it really is ridiculous what happened. And, and Jamal, Jamal Bowman should be held accountable for not only pulling the fire alarm, but then lying about it as well. I wonder what would have happened if it still would have been a slap on the wrist misdemeanor had it been Lauren Boebert or Marjorie Taylor Greene oh, that had please. done that. Yeah, I mean, I think the, the difference is the fact that he has a Democrat uh, party label next to his yep. name. I mean, that's the big difference. I mean, even with the mainstream media running with his excuses, which at the time made no sense, because the first excuse the office put out was that he didn't know the fire alarm would cause a fire alarm. That, that literally was his first excuse, which makes absolutely no sense. Wasn't he a former so, then, school administrator? Like, you should know yeah, how a fire yeah. drill works. Yeah, I mean, anyone knows you pull the fire alarm, it sounds the fire alarm. That's like the whole reason why the fire alarm exists. I mean, it's, it's even hard for me to, when I'm saying it, it sounds ludicrous. But the media ran with that first excuse. Then they realized, wait a minute, that doesn't make any sense. So then they came out with this whole, you know, that door is usually open excuse. And then that didn't make any sense. So then he said, oh, I thought it would unlock the door. And then the media ran with that for a while. And now the video's out there. I mean, the media has given him... So much of a benefit of the doubt is just accepting what he says verbatim. And I think you're exactly right to point out if this was a Republican, this would have been front page every day and it would have been an entirely different story. Tommy Piggott, Rapid Response Director, RNC. Tommy, we'll talk next Friday. Thank you. Hey, thanks for having me on. It's the Hammer and Nigel Show.